0: This morning, I have the privilege of bringing the word unto you. And today's topic is simply living a life of unquestionable dominion and breakthroughs. Living a life of unquestionable dominion and breakthroughs. Now, you know, when I sat down and I was thinking, I was like, wow, 2019 is actually the end of a decade. You know, I remember Y2K, everybody was excited. That was 20 years ago. (laughs) Thank God for life. But we're entering into a new decade, 2020. But thank God we have this quarter to take hold of and living a life of unquestionable dominion and breakthroughs. Before we go ahead, I believe we should pray for anyone who celebrated their birthday this week or is your birthday. I just want you to rise up on your feet and I just want you to stretch forth their hands towards them. Isaiah 26, verse 3. Isaiah 26, verse 3. was your birthday this week. I just want you to pray this prayer for them. The Bible says you will keep in perfect peace those whose mind are steadfast upon him because they trust in you. I want you to pray for a new level of grace upon their lives. I want you to ask that, Lord, let your hand be upon them. Let them have peace in the name of Jesus. Despite what the situation and the circumstance might be, that, Lord, they will experience your peace anew in the name of Jesus. They will testify to your goodness. In Jesus' name, I pray. And so, Heavenly Father, we thank you. Psalm 119, verse 1:30 says, The entrance of your word giveth light. Lord, we thank you, O God, as we approach your throne room of grace this afternoon. We ask, O God, that Father, you will illuminate our hearts, O God. The Lord, you will cause your word to be a light unto our feet, O God. Lord, I bring myself, O oh God, even under your subjection this day, O oh God. The Father, Lord, you will speak through me even as an oracle of God this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. And right now I take authority and I silence everything that wants to raise his head against the knowledge of God. I put them to subjection under the cross right now. And I decree and I declare the Lordship of Jesus Christ even in this atmosphere in the mighty name of Jesus. Let your people be blessed and let the glory be yours. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So, we need to pay attention to the word of God. The Bible says in Psalm 119, verse 105, it says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a lamp to my light. When we pay attention to the word of God, it brings guidance to us. It helps us. It gives us direction. Thank God that we're great light connections and thank God that God is shining his light towards us. But there is something about Christ being the word and being the light. The Bible says in John 1, 1-4, this is one of the favorite scriptures that many of us like to quote. John 1, 1-4. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was a God. And the Word was with God, and He was God. In the beginning, true, all things were made. Without Him, nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and the light was the light of all mankind. The light shineth in darkness, and darkness could not overcome it. There is something about light that darkness cannot stand. God said in Genesis 1, verse 6, it says he created two lights, the greater light and the lesser light. That's the sun and the moon. But remember, the moon does not have a light of its own, but the sun has his own light and it carries power. That's why you find out that people land on the moon, but nobody can land on the sun. No. And so, this morning, is all about the word. It's all about the dominion and the word. And you should go ahead. I want you to, embrace the word. I want the word of God to become life unto you and you shall have dominion in the mighty name of Jesus. Now what do I mean by dominion? I say dominion is a governmental order an authority when you're in control. Time will not permit us to go through exactly what we mean by dominion but Genesis 1 talks about how God says we should multiply, increase, have dominion God called you and I into a life of dominion, a life of taking over, a life of control. So if there are things in your life that you are not in control of, I pray that today there will be a turnaround in the mighty name of Jesus. He says a life of unquestionable dominion. Many things in our life are asking, where is our God? So for some people is their health. For some people, it's their finances. It's for some people, it's their children. For some people, it's their marriage. For some people, it's just the family around us. For some people is their job. And they're saying, God, why am I losing control? For some people, it's their mind. They can't think straight. For some people, they're trying to do one thing. They jump from one thing to another. But I pray that God restore dominion, control into your life in the name of Jesus. Somebody shout dominion. Dominion! Breakthrough. What do we mean by breakthrough? I say breakthrough is something that changes the course of your life for good. It means when somebody is going through and all of a sudden, Something breaks. Something expands for good. I wrote in my note I says it catapults you forward. You know, when we were small, I've not seen it here in the UK, but maybe it is. There is something that we used to play with then. And then you just pull a sling. Yeah, that's what it's called. You know, when you pull a sling, you pull it so back and then you push it forward. And it flies high. That's what breakthrough is. Flying above. Flying above. And it doesn't matter where you are today. There is greater heights. Mm. It does not matter what you've achieved. And it doesn't matter what you've accomplished. Thank God for what we've done. Thank God for what we have. But there are greater heights. There are deeper things. There are things that you can accomplish in life. I pray that you have a breakthrough in the mighty name of Jesus. When we talk about breakthrough, we're talking about enlargement. Isaiah 54 verse 2. Isaiah 54 verse 2. It says, and the place of your tent. So if you're living in a five bedroom, get ready for a 10 bedroom. Amen. Hallelujah. He says, stretch, stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not be hold back. So if the things that are holding you back, maybe the places in which you're meant to be speaking, maybe the business ideas that you're meant to be getting, maybe the things that you're meant to be doing that you're not doing, that means you've been held back. It says, lending the cords, strengthen your stakes. Amen. When it comes to breakthrough, we're asking God, I'm fine, I'll pick it up. Thank you. We're asking God to enlarge our coast, to enlarge our territory, to increase us on every side. And I pray that that will be our testimony in the mighty name of Jesus. Now, we've spoken about dominion. We've spoken about breakthroughs. But there are keys and there are mysteries that God has given you an eye through the word remember when I started I spoke about the word that God has given us through the word and we're going to be talking about five of them there's so many keys that the Bible has given to us that we can use for us to be able to get dominion unquestionable dominion and breakthroughs but we're going to be going on five this morning somebody say five now we're going to go through a revelation and then there's an instruction Because many times we talk, we say things in the Bible, and then we go home. We don't have things to do. But please, you will have something to do. (laughs) Amen. The first one, the first key is thanksgiving and praise. Praise. I said praise is a powerful resistance against the scheme of the enemy. Psalm 147 verse 7. Psalm 147 verse 7 says Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving Sing praises on the harp to our God If you want to end this year on unquestionable dominion and breakthroughs if you want to enter that new decade of 2020 with unquestionable dominion and breakthrough then praise and thanks should be on your lips is enough of us complaining and saying the things that we don't have for the mere fact that you and i are seated here today that we're not being fed first fed you know being willed whatsoever is enough to give guidance to God. Sometimes I92 will be singing before I used to look around now I don't. You see people they will sing sing loudly, will drum drum kule will play 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 and people will just be moving. I'm like children of God, we need to appreciate our God. In order for us to appreciate, in order for us to have unquestionable breakthrough. It's not only when you come to church on Sunday that you praise God. You wake up for your bed and you say, Lord, I thank you that I'm one of the people that are alive on the land of the living today. Many of us forget, we just jump on the train. Ah, God, we are work. Oh, God, thank you, Lord. And then we're back home. You need to give praise to your maker. David was an example of someone who praised God. Praise should not be a scheduled. Praise should be your lifestyle. A lifestyle of praise is what God is expecting from us. I say no wonder why David won so many battles. He defeated Goliath. You see one thing that praise does is it produces joy. There is no one that praises God and France. I give you glory Lord. No. It comes from within. It comes from the dim. I love that song that says, let praises rise from the inside. Children of God, for this next decade we're entering into, God requires praise givers and people who will give thanks. So the first instruction is give thanks unto God, for this is the will of God. You cannot question it, but give him thanks that he deserves. Give him thanks. You see, when we don't give God thanks, it's poison. Ask Herod. In the book of Acts 12 verse 22, the Bible says Herod was speaking <laughs> and people started shouting that ah, is the voice of God. What happened? The Bible says an angel struck him and worms came out of his body. Every time we don't give God back the glory, hmm. may we not be struck in the name of Jesus. Now it's time for us to praise. So the first instruction is for us to give God praise. The second one is let it be quick and prompt. You see, remember that leopard in the book of uh, the lepers, the 10 of them actually, in Luke 17. The Bible says that when one of them got healed, immediately he turned back. He didn't wait. The other nine, maybe they got caught in the friends. They said, oh, yeah, I'm healed. You know, they went to tell everybody. But the Bible said something very clear. It said one of them went back in a loud voice and said, Savior, the one you healed has come to worship you. Now, listen to me, sisters and brothers. He made it quick. He didn't wait for yesterday. He didn't wait for three days later. Imagine if I give you a gift, deaconess. Last week or two weeks ago. And then next month, you remember, ah, pastor, thank you for the gift. Uh, Next month, you're going to come back again, Abby. Is it going to be quick? Now, let's be quick and prompt to thank God. Amen. The second one is prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting, we cannot overemphasize this. Thank God that Ye Acts is coming, hallelujah, amen. And if you're just coming to church, Ye Acts is a program we're having this Friday to the glory of God the Father. We're going to be praying for 24 hours. Say somebody, 24 hours, yeah. 24 hours. It starts at 2019 on Friday evening and we're going to be finishing powerfully at 2020 in the mighty name of Jesus. Now, if we want to have a life of unquestionable dominion and breakthroughs, you need to pray and fast. Hmm. I said, listen, thank God for the scripture that was quoted earlier. 1 Peter 5.8, it says, Be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom to devour. You know, it says, Matthew verse, it says, Fast, you say, watch and pray. Do you know who vigilantes are? Okay, so I grew up back in Nigeria. So apologies for many people that don't know who that is. These are a set of people. They are always on the attack. They are ready for the armed robbers. Okay? Now, as Christians, many a times what we do is we wait for the problem, then we start praying vigilantes they don't wait for the robbers they're there and whoever is born out of a woman that decides to show up that person will be lynched so as believers you don't have to wait for problems to arrive before you start praying now what I'm trying to say is that if you want to live a life of dominion you pray somebody say pray (laughs) oh pray and not just pray fast you have to make do of those McDonald's KFC and I'm speaking to myself as well amen Because Isaiah 58 verse 6 says something about fasting. Isaiah 58 verse 6, it says, is is this not the kind of fasting I've chosen? To lose the chains of injustice and to untie the cords to the yoke. To set the oppressed free and break every yoke. Brethren, there are things that many of us are fighting with for years. Many things our parents fought with. Many things our sister's brother fought with. Many things we're dealing with in the United Kingdom. Many things are not your fault that we're going with. Those things Jesus says they cannot go except by prayer and fasting. So sometimes we have to deny ourselves of food. Somebody say please fast. fast. Jeremiah 33 verse three. It says, call unto me and I will answer you and show you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. There are things that we will not know until we call on God. You know, there are things that God needs to reveal unto us. But as children, as kings, as priests, we need to spend time in the presence of God and pray Pray, pray. I can't overemphasize prayer. May God give us the grace to pray in the name of Jesus. So what is our instruction, family? Is that we have to pray without ceasing. There is no two ways about it. When you're walking, when you're going on the train, when you're driving your car, just pray. Dedicate time to fast. Even if it's one day a month. Even if it's one day a week. Just sacrifice that meal. Just fast. So for some people, you might only be able to fast to 12 o'clock. For some people, for medical reasons, you might not be able to do that long. But just try. Just deny your body. Sacrifice. Pray. Make sure that as you pray without ceasing, you're dedicating time to be with God. And God will give us grace in the name of Jesus. Now the third one. So what was the first one? And the second one, the third one is sanctification and discipline. In order for us to be able to have unquestionably dominion and breakthroughs in this last quarter and in 2020, you need to be sanctified. Thank God that think all the from Sunday school this morning to the prayers, we'll be speaking about sanctification, sin. What is sanctification? Sanctification is just simply set aside, set apart from God. David said, create in me, Psalm 151 verse 1. He says, create in me a clean heart, oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. You see, there are too many things that are corrupting. Even where you don't want to look, you will see things that you're not meant to see. You hear things that you don't, even you don't have to look for it. It just pops up on your phone. Ah, what's this? No. you know. So sometimes things defile us that we're not even in control of. And so we need God to help us to be sanctified. Now, one of the scriptures that deals a bit into sanctification, and if we can project this, I'm going to read it. It's 2 Timothy 2, 19 to 21. 2 Timothy 2, 19 to 21. It says, nevertheless, God's solid foundation stands firm, sealed with sealed with this inscription the Lord knows those who are at ease and everyone who confesses the name of the Lord must turn away from wickedness and our says turn away from sin in a large house there are articles not only of gold and silver but also of wood and clay some for a special purpose and some for a common purpose those who cleanse themselves will be for instruments spe- Made holy, useful to the master and prepared to do any good work. Now, when you are sanctified means you are prepared to do the work of God. It means a life of holiness. There are various levels of sanctification. Time will not permit us to talk about them. But remember, God said in his house, there are vessels of gold, wood, and dust. May we be gold and not wood or dust in the mighty name of Jesus. Now. There is sanctification at salvation when we, you and I give our life to God. And there will be the end, the completion of sanctification when we eventually meet with Christ. But in between, there is a progress of sanctification. And that busts the myth that says, once saved, forever saved. No, we have to walk out our salvation with fear and trembling. And that is sanctification. Walking out your life, living a life of of holiness, setting yourself apart like a vessel that God wants to use. Every time you look at yourself, you say, I am the one that God is going to use for his glory. When you look at yourself in that realization, the way you carry yourself will be different. The way you attend to yourself will be different. You will not play yourself cheap. Remember Joseph, okay? Joseph was sanctified unto God. If Joseph would not be, was not sanctified, what would have been the end of Joseph? It would have been Mr. Um, Mrs., Mr. Mrs. Potiphar. Yeah, because he would have had it with Potiphar's wife, and then they would have eloped, and then kept on running for life. But look at what happened. Because he kept himself holy, He, a son of a slave became a prime minister. Now, when you sanctify yourself, when you know who you are in God, when you say, I will not defy myself, like what Daniel said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they said we will not defile ourselves, oh king. In, t- in this coming decade, God is looking for people who will not defile themselves. God is looking for people who will set themselves apart to say, I am for God. People who will not defile themselves with things around. What are the benefits of sanctification? The first one is divine protection. You see, when you're sanctified unto God, he becomes your shepherd. He sets you apart. He looks after you. Psalm 23 is a testament of this. The second thing about sanctification is he anoints you. psalm 45 verse 7 to 8 psalm 45 verse 7 to 8 it says you love righteousness and hate iniquity another translation says you love righteousness and hate sin it says therefore god thy god has anointed thee with the oil of gladness above your fellows i pray that in this coming months And the coming years that the Lord will anoint each and every one of us above our fellows in the mighty name of Jesus. But it requires us to hate iniquity. You know what Psalm 1 verse 1 says? (laughs) Blessed is he who does not sit in the seat of the scornful. So many are times God is expecting us to stand and declare our salvation. And for us to live a life of breakthroughs, we need to be sanctified. Another thing that sanctification does is exploits. God makes sure that the people who are sanctified, and not just sanctified, disciplined, have a life of exploits. I've given the example of Joseph. When you stand with God... You're a majority. And I pray that that will be our testimony in the name of Jesus. Now, what's the instruction here? The first thing is to engage in continuous exercise of sanctification and holiness. You know, it's not just a matter of, oh, yes, I'm a Christian now. I'm a believer and that's it. No, it is a continuous effort. Work at it as a family. Husband and wife, friends, family, stay together. Ensure, look after each other. Make sure that your brethren, your sister, your brother is standing in the Lord. You see, one of the things about sanctification is the fact that you cannot go with people who are not going in the same direction as you. What do I mean by this? Imagine you are at an airport lounge and you are going with your friend and you are both chatting. Maybe you are going to Birmingham and he's going to Scotland. And because you're going to different directions, maybe I'm trying to say that if you're sanctified and he's not sanctified, and you kept on chatting, and they announce, plane's going to Birmingham. But because your friend is not going to Birmingham, he's going to Scotland. And then the next announcement comes. I say plane's going to Scotland, it's time for you to board. And you ask, what about Birmingham? Ah, they've called it. The reason why your friend did not remember is because it's not going to the same place as you. Every time you're walking with people who are not going to the same destination as you, most of the time, people miss their destination. May we not miss our destination in Jesus' name. So let's be sanctified. Now, the first thing I said was the fact that you need to engage in continuous sanctification. The second one is keep the right company. It is your duty to sanitize your environment. There's an example in the Bible which is quite, which is quite a strong one. It's in 2 Samuel 13, verse 3. 2 Samuel 13, verse 3. The Bible spoke about this guy called, um, what's his name now? Jodab. Jonadab, thank you, sir. Jonadab, he was a friend of Ammon. Now, (laughs) what happened was the Bible described him as a crafty man. Okay? He was the one that told Ammon, "Ah, you like your sister. Just go and tell your dad, David, that you want her to come and cook for me. And what happened? Ammon eventually raped his sister. But then when Absalom killed Ammon, uh, yeah, when Absalom killed Ammon, it was this same Jonadab that went to David. Sorry, David, your son is dead. Can you imagine? A friend who advised his friend to do evil was also the same person that went to go and break the bad news. So, evil corruption, communicate, evil communication, corrupt good manners. Let's mind the people that you were going to go into the next year, the next decade with. Many of us will have to check our phones very well and delete some people off. Many of us have to do prayerfully. Erase some people and say, you are not going to the same destination as me. (laughs) And delete them off. And I pray that the Holy Spirit will reveal unfriendly friends to you in the mighty name of Jesus. Now the fourth one, before I go to fourth. So number one was thanksgiving and praise. Number two was prayer and fasting. Number three is sanctification and discipline. And number four is faith faith second chronicle second corinthians 5 verse seven. Second corinthians 5 verse 7 it says for we walk for we live by faith not by sight i like the amplified version it says for we live by faith not by sight living our lives in a manner consistent with our confident belief in god's promises What that simply means is as Christians, you and I are not just waking up, going to work, coming back, going to church, come back, go to work, come back, go to church, come back. We live our life (laughs) in God's promises. We live our life with purpose. We live our life knowing that, yes, I am entering into a face of unquestionable dominion that whatsoever they bring at me, Brexit or no Brexit, I would... Arise, I would have a breakthrough and that shall be our testimony in the mighty name of Jesus. It says we live by faith, not by sight, not by the fact that what is going on in our society or what is going on around us, but by the promises of God. But how do we know the promises of God if we don't study our Bible? How do we know the promises of God if we don't search the word? Mercy. Mercy. Mark 9, 23 says, if you can't say Jesus, everything is possible to those that believe. You see, faith is critical to secure the hand of God. You see, in this next phase that we are going into, we need the hand of God to uphold us. And I pray that the mighty hand of God will uphold us in the mighty name of Jesus. A life of faith is an instructed life. When you live by faith and not by sight, your life has direction. As I said, we just don't work and do what everybody else is doing. Some of us, they say, what's going on in the market right now is IT. Oh, no, it's nothing. Oh, no, it's um, Bitcoin. Oh, no, it's um, what's going on now? Cryptocurrency or whatever. What I'm trying to say is that ask God by faith to tell you where you need to be part time. You see, time is precious, time is precious. And we need God to help us and we need to build our faith such that we have an instructed life we know what to do by time the Bible says concerning the sons of Issachar they were men that understood times and seasons the MPs don't understand time Boris Johnson doesn't understand time Trump doesn't even know what's going on Iraq is not sure Turkey are fighting everybody don't understand the times and seasons but there is one who sits in the heaven who is called the alpha and the omega that sees the beginning and the end and he's calling you today that come unto me let me instruct you on what to do next the world is confused brethren and I pray that God will give us clarity in the mighty name of Jesus you see gone are the days in which we say that oh yes once I have a faith like mustard seed no the truth is thank God for mustard seed faith But the God in heaven expects us to grow in our faith. The first instruction is in Romans 10, 17. He says, so faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So in order for you to grow in your faith, you need a conscious and extensive consumption of the word of God. An in-depth understanding of God's promises. An in-depth understanding of what, you see, sometimes many of us, we can be lazy. We just Google things and we find things that you need to do a bit more. Say to your neighbor, you need to do a bit more. You need to study more. And I pray that God will give us grace in the name of Jesus. The second thing is you need to identify who you are in God. That's the way to grow your faith. You need to identify your sonship, your position in God. You know, when a child knows what they are, what is rightfully theirs in their father's house, the things they will ask for will be different. It's because we don't know what we own or what God has done for us or what was done for us in Calvary. That's why some things come to us and we're shaking and we're shivering. But when you know who you are in God, when you walk with God, there are situations and circumstances that will bow to you because you understand your covenant right, your sonship right in God. The Bible says in Genesis 17 verse 1, Abraham who's called the father of faith. God, the Bible says he walked with God. God said, walk with me. How is your walk with God. Ask your neighbor, how is your walk? I mean, W-A-L-K. How is your walk with God? Does God know your voice? How's your walk with God? And also, how is your walk, W-O-R-K, with God? Do you walk for God? Listen, a son carries out the duties of his father. A father is proud when a son delivers the walk of him that sent him. And so many of us are not active in walking the walk of God. And Jesus Christ said himself, I walk the walk of my father. If Jesus, who is our Lord and Savior, the one that you and I are meant to live by and live like, says I walk the walk of my father, then how come you and I are just sitting down and looking at his walk? A life of dominion. A life of breakthrough. Listen, you carry power and you're an ambassador of God. You represent God. You need to take responsibility in the things that are happening. That's how you develop your faith. You need to grow in faith. People around you need to know that there is something special about you. There is something different about you. I pray that God will give us grace to walk in faith in the name of Jesus. Listen, there are different compartments of faith. You see, one I've identified, and personally I've seen this in my life, and I'm working on this, is that sometimes we have faith for different things. Some people have faith to get a job, they have an amazing job, fantastic job, but then they don't have faith to sleep at night. Why do I say that? that faith has levels and faith has compartments? Some people have faith, you know, to maybe be healed, but then they have faith. They don't have faith in some other areas. (laughs) When I was studying this, what came to my mind, and one of the things I read was Peter. Now, Peter, when Jesus told him to come, he had faith to walk on water. You know, he came. Yes, Jesus said, come from the boat, and then he came. But then he didn't have faith for the wind. <laughs> when the wind blew, he said, God, if the Bible says he became afraid. If he had faith and no, I knew that he defied gravity. I mean, you've walked on water. So what is wind? But then he forgot. And that's the way sometimes you and I are. Sometimes we have faith on one thing, but though Praise God, thank you very much. <laughs> Just give me five minutes, I'll be done. (laughs) You know, sometimes we have faith for one thing, but when we don't have faith for the other. There's a question at Sunday school. Sometimes we have faith for some little things, but when the big things arise, you just find out that ah, faith is gone. But we've forgotten that the God who is the same yesterday is the same today and forever. So what am I saying? Continue and grow in faith. And the first one, the fifth one, pardon me, is grace. The fifth one is grace. Amen. We pray that God will give us grace in the mighty name of Jesus. Now, grace is the unmerited favor, the hand of God. Now, how do we grow in God's grace? The first thing is everyone has a level of grace. The Bible says the grace of God has appeared unto all men. Titus 2, 11 11 to 14. Everyone has a level of grace, but we can grow in grace. And I pray that as we enter into this new phase, that the Lord will give us grace to move forward to the next level in the mighty name of Jesus. The second thing that we need to do to grow in grace is not to allow offense. You see, when people lose grace... Is when they live a life of offense. When everything annoys them. Everyone, friends, family, church, pastors, relatives. When you live a life of offense, it depletes grace. When you cannot forgive. <laughs> when, what thing people, when, when things that people do always upset you. You're cutting yourself short of grace. And so I will encourage us this morning that in order for us to continue to grow in the grace of God, make do with offense. You see, even when somebody offends, thank God the Bible is complete. It says even when somebody offends, it says seven, seven times, seven times, seven. I'm and seven hundred. 700, I don't even know the number now, but so much number. It's seven times, seven times, seven. I mean, by the time you say, Dickiness offended me, one, two, three. By the time I get to 49, uh-uh, there's something either wrong with me or wrong with, you know. Let go of offense. I'm telling you the keys that will help us to have breakthroughs in this coming year. Tell your neighbor, please let go of offense. Please, please let go of offense. The other way to approach the throne of grace is to actually connect to grace. You know, by praying with your fellow praying with your brethren in your church, you know, relating with people. And don't just be on your own. Because God wants us as his children to be together, to associate together, to carry his word together, to empower and to deliver his work together. And I pray God will give us grace. Much, much grace in the mighty name of Jesus. So the five things is number one, praise and thanksgiving. Secondly, we said prayer and fasting. Thirdly, number four and number five, Hebrews 4.16. We're going to end with this. Hebrews 4.16. Amen. Amen. It says, let us therefore come boldly to the throne room of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. As I said earlier on, this coming months, this coming years, we really need help from God. And if in the order, in the biblical order, before you approach the throne room of grace, you have to go through the seat of mercy just want you to rise up on your feet right now if you can and the prayer point is that Lord let me experience your mercy Lord I want to live a life of unquestionable breakthroughs of dominion that Father Lord let me experience your mercy you see even when there are things that we've done wrong let me try and explain what mercy is Even when the things our generation has done wrong, or you and I have done wrong, we're meant to get the judgment. But God steps in and mercy says no. This morning, I want you to cry on God. That Lord, let your mercy speak for me. That Lord, let your mercy speak for my family, oh God. That Lord, I need a change. I need a breakthrough. That Father, let your mercy speak for me, oh God. That Father, Lord, let me experience your mercy, O God. Let me have a life of dominion, O God, in you by your mercy and by your grace. He says, I will have mercy upon who I will have mercy upon. And compassion upon who I will have compassion upon. This morning, I can't hear you pray this morning. I need you to ask God for his mercy. Oh Father, we thank you. Lord, we ask for your mercy. Lord, we ask for your mercy, O God. Lord, we cry for your mercy this day, O God. That we may approach your throne room of grace. We come in by your mercy. That, Lord, you will have mercy upon us, O God. In the name of Jesus. And right now, I need you to decree and declare into your life. That, Lord, this next few months, till the end of 2019 and the new decade 2020 coming let me indeed experience a life of unquestionable dominion that father lord let me have dominion in my family let me have dominion in my marriage let my children have dominion oh god let me experience a breakthrough from heaven in the mighty name of jesus i can't hear you pray this morning i need you to pray